Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not run through. So it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one play, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Oh, what a difference a week makes when stars play like stars. Good things happen. When Aaron Rodgers has a chip on his shoulder and doubters become vocal, great things happen. You saw it tonight at Lambeau Field with the Packers picking up win number one of the regular season, 35-17 on a rainy night at Lambeau. We'll check in with Wayne Larvey coming up at the top of the hour. This is Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Greg Matzik. We've got you for two hours tonight here on the Packers Radio Network. We'll take your calls until 1 o'clock. Note the new phone number here for tonight, and perhaps tonight only, 800-990-3776. That number again is 800 800- Nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Lots to get to in this game tonight, including how the Packers overcame a three point deficit at the half to pitch a shutout in the second half. They outscored Detroit fourteen, excuse me, fourteen nothing in the third quarter, seven nothing in the fourth, twenty one nothing in the second half overall. Maybe, just maybe, the Packers' best defense right now is their offense, and uh, when they can do what they did tonight in pulling away from the Lions. Oh, made Detroit a little one-dimensional in that second half, the fourth quarter especially. A couple turnovers as well did not help the cause for Detroit. So the Lions fall to 0-2. The Packers join the Bears to top the division with a record of 1-1. and Just getting started, we will unpack everything that we listened to over the last three hours or so. The voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravie, will join us coming up in just a moment here on the Packers Radio Network. And again, the phone number tonight, if you'd like to join us, 800-990-3776. the final from Lambeau Field. A brilliant night for Aaron Rodgers. Very efficient night. Over 100 yards from scrimmage from Aaron Jones and a big night from Devontae Adams. Stars played like stars, especially on the Packers offense. We'll get into that and more as we unpack Packers OT. This is the Packers Radio Network. I'm Greg Matzik. Join us as we get rolling here with Packers OT on the Packers Radio Network. Heck, I wish I could win. It's follow. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not run through, so it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one play, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik on the Packers Radio Network. Well, a ship that was largely capsized with a week one loss to the New Orleans Saints is back upright, sailing 
down the stream to happiness. 35-17, the final of the Packers emerge with a home victory against the Detroit Lions on a soggy night at Lambeau Field. We'll be joined by the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, in just a moment. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The 555 is back. That means five years, no interest, five months, no first payment. 5% same-day order savings at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. See PellaWI.com. Before we get to Wayne and you... We'll step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. 94.5 ESPN is WKTI and WKTIHD, Milwaukee. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin helps keep you upright on game day and every day. There is a difference. 800-990-3776. If you'd like to join us here in the program, I'm Greg Matzik. We'll go until 1 o'clock with your thoughts following tonight's win. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, got to call tonight's game. Wayne, it was uh, a great first and foremost just to see a, a full and packed house, whether it was rainy or nice, I, regardless of that, just to hear the roar and just the atmosphere at Lambeau Field, it, it felt good to see and hear that again. You know, Greg, I'm not being gratuitous in saying this, uh, but the crowd was really good tonight. Um, you know, even when the Packers were down and, and it, before the game even started, uh, they were a factor here. And, and I thought that was really great to see. And then it rained, you know, it was raining all night. And there they were. They were still there in the fourth quarter. And, you know, it, it, it was great to see everybody back in, in Lambeau Field. And, and I, I just thought the crowd was terrific. I really did. Even when the Packers, things weren't going very well in the first half, uh, they were still, you know, trying to make sure the Packers had the the energy it took to get this thing turned around. Let's talk about how things unfolded in that first half, Wayne. Really, for the Packers' offense, uh, they were able to cash in two of their three opportunities. Not a ton of volume here, but that's largely due to the Detroit Lions uh, picking up a little momentum on offense. And, And right away, that first drive, you're seeing miscommunication in the secondary. You see a big explosive play go for 46 on a third and one, and you're thinking, oh, boy, here we go again. It yeah. it, 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 it just felt like a continuation of week one. I'm, I'm glad that ultimately subsided, but early thoughts were, were not too pleasing. Yeah, no, no question about it. And, um, you know, when you look at the way that first drive went, seven plays, 75 yards, Jared Goff had all kinds of time to throw. They end up with a touchdown. They scored on three of their four drives in the first half. That was a little distressing. Um, you know, and again, the thing about the Lions, Greg, in, in, I knew this going in. We knew this going in. You watch the tape of the San Francisco game. San Francisco is a very good defense front seven, and the Lions moved the football on them, and they they moved it on them steadily all day. It wasn't just in garbage time. And so I knew that they, the Lions have a capability to move the football offensively, uh, especially in the running game with Jamal. And, you know, DeAndre Swift is just one of the he – made, he made a couple of Barry Sanders-type moves tonight. Um, you know, so you knew the Packers had their hands full, but you were hoping to see a little more control. But um, the first half didn't quite go Green Bay's way. And, and, and um, that, was, that was hard to see, hard to watch because i gotta tell you that i know i've been saying this for 10 years or more ever since the collapse of the defense in 2011 um the packers will go as far as their defense will allow them to go um and their defense is going to have to get better and i think it will get better um but you know the first half was distressing no question about that well until the defense does sort of round into form and it's year number one under joe barry uh it felt to me wayne and i'm curious to know your thoughts it felt to me like the packers offense 
it, it sort of shifted the tide here for the defense. In other words, they were able to erase a deficit, build a lead. Detroit became a, a little one-dimensional, a little more predictable, and 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 the Packers were able to sort of feast on that, minus their best pass rusher, by the way. So there wasn't much of a push against uh, the offensive line here of Detroit, but it felt like the the way the second half unfolded, I, it just sort of limited what the, the Lions were able to do on offense. Yeah, I thought, you know, again, it's 17-14 at halftime, okay? Um, and, you know, you're okay with it. Hey, you're only down three. It's a big difference from last uh, last week. But the Packers got the ball at the start of the second half, and I thought what would be significant, they had to go down to score a touchdown. That would turn the tide, and it did. And the Packers scored touchdowns on their first three drives of the second half to basically put the game out of reach. Um, now, furthermore, the Lions suffered some injuries in their secondary. Now you're starting to see some, uh, you know, safety types or special team uh, types guys play cornerback and Aaron Rodgers started picking that apart as the second half went on but I thought really you're exactly right Greg I felt the same way the offense stemmed the tide when they came out in the third quarter and scored on that first drive uh, eight plays 87 yards of the touchdown that was I think the uh, that was big that that really kind of turned the game in Green Bay's favor and believe it or not <laughs> that was the first lead of the season for the Green Bay Packers think about that yeah pretty amazing stuff I know the run game really never got on track really the offense didn't get on track against uh, New Orleans in week one Uh, but we saw a lot of Aaron Jones early Wayne was that a product of of the look the Lions were presenting was that that too high safety look that says okay run the ball we're not just gonna let you go deep just you know do what you want to do on the underneath but you're not getting over the top of us is that is that what you saw just being able to assess the entire field yeah, absolutely. And Aaron talked about that this week. You know, the fact is they're going to see a lot of uh, two safeties high. They're going to, teams are going to try to keep everything underneath and, um, you know, kind of keep the passing game. Take the big play away. Okay, if you do that, if you're going to put two safeties high, you're going to take a guy out of the box, and it's incumbent upon the offense to run the football and run it effectively. They didn't have much of an opportunity to do that uh, in Jacksonville last week. They didn't have very many snaps in the first half. But tonight I, I, saw, I, I thought they would do this, and I knew they were going to do this, run the football early, at least give the running game repetition. That's what they did, and I thought that was a big part of the, the game plan. And that's, uh, that's kind of how they, I think, kind of wore down that Detroit defense, which is they're, they're missing some people. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I heard you mention Eric Stokes' name several times tonight, Wayne. He, he saw more time on the field tonight than he did in week one, uh, and they used him a little differently tonight than they did in week one. Yeah, they did, and I think he's going to get more and more exposure. You know, he really was, uh, I thought, made some great plays on on the ball tonight. And, um, you know, this is a guy who's probably maturing before our eyes. I don't know if he's ready for a full-time role yet, um, but, my gosh, he's making plays out there. And and so I think he's earning more and more playing time as we go forward. It'll be interesting to see how they do this now. Uh, Kevin King got beat early on a big play in the ball game. Um, You know, Stokes made a couple of pass breakup so uh, i i think this is really uh we're we're maybe seeing a changing of the guard here and, and it's not fair for me to say that necessarily this early in the season but um the stokes kid has a little bit to his game there's no question about that yeah from a yardage perspective tonight 344 for detroit felt like the bulk of that was in the first half and then late in the fourth quarter as they tied tried to get into the end zone green bay 323 uh it really efficiency i guess is the first word that comes to mind here 
uh, and that stars played like stars. Boy, when that happens, good things tend to happen. And you look at Aaron Rodgers' stat line, Aaron Jones' stat line, Devontae Adams' stat line, and <laughs> I guess you, you feel like you should probably win that, that football game when they play like they did. Yeah, exactly. And and that touchdown pass, I thought, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers made some great throws tonight. But the throw he made to Tunyon on that 22-yard touchdown pass over the middle, I, you know, <laughs> I tell you, the coverage was right there. That ball didn't, you know, that beat the coverage by a split second, and uh, Tunyon made a nice play on it as well. There, there were several plays like that. Aaron Jones showed what he can do when he gets out in space. And, um, you know, Jamal, when you look at these these teams, you look at some Jamal Williams is a nice running back, a good, hard, uh, tough running back. He made some yards tonight. But Aaron Jones, I mean, somebody asked me earlier this week, you know, did the Packers make a mistake in uh, letting Jamal Williams go? No, because they had to make a choice between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And in this, in the NFL, you keep your playmakers. And Aaron Jones is a playmaker. Not that Jamal's not. He's a good, solid back. Aaron Jones is a home run hitter. You keep home run hitters, Greg. You don't keep singles hitters. No, 35-17, I mean, to 17, uh, the final, and a lot of that damage done by Aaron Jones. Uh, Jared Goff was the leading rusher for the Detroit Lions. So, yeah, uh, I mean, really. You know, and a lot of those rushing yards, Packers give up over 100 yards rushing. You know how many of those yards? Almost 40 of those yards came in the fourth quarter when Jared Groff was scrambling around and that type of thing. You know, and it got a little sloppy. And, um, but that's, hey, that's the NFL. This time of year, it is hard for a defense to finish off a game because, you know, I, I think it's a conditioning thing. And, and it's not that the athletes haven't trained to get ready for this. But, you know, nobody has done a lot of hitting, okay, in training camp. And none of these guys have played a whole lot in preseason or any. Um, So it's going to take a month or two before you get that defense to the point where it's going to shut people down in the fourth quarter. Well, I'm not trying to break bad here on the Detroit Lions, but after week one, what happened to the Packers, I don't know that there's another opponent in football you would rather have come to Lambeau Field than the Detroit Lions. I I just that's just where they are right now. This is not a good defensive team, and it probably won't be throughout the entire season. They've allowed 76 points in two games, for goodness sakes. But hey, I'm not going to dress down, being a little bit more confident after you get a win, right? I mean, just, it sort of allows you to breathe and exhale a little bit. Well, you know what I want to ask, you know, the listeners and, and you um, and everyone else who, you know, um, people were saying, well, the Packers got to blow out the Lions or, you know, <laughs> we've got issues. Well, it took a while, but they did end up blowing them out in the second half. And uh, was this win good enough? You know what I mean? Does this because I still think we're going to find out about the Packers in the next two weeks. OK, um, in Santa Clara against the Niners at home against Pittsburgh. We're going to know all we need to know about the Packers in the next two weeks. Yeah, I think it's one of those situations where if you lose the game and then it's you know DefCon one, and if you win the game, everybody looks at it and says, "Well, it's the Lions. You got to win that game." So, yeah, I don't know how much public did, did perception they win big shifts. Enough, Greg? <laughs> right? That's yeah. my question. Is it win big enough? <laughs> that's what we do now. We 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 grade wins, right? No, yeah. I always try not to do that, man. I watch the NFL just like you do. It is crazy tough to win in this league, but. Hey, yeah. I, public perception probably doesn't shift all that much, but I'm saying that that's a happy team right now in the locker room at Lambeau Field uh, it, with a lot of work to do yet, but this this feels okay. 
You know, as good as New Orleans looked a week ago, <laughs> did you see what happened to them in Carolina? Yeah, right. They're, they're I mean, anemic. They, <laughs> they got slapped around like a rented donkey and, you know, ridden hard and held, hung up uh, wet. You know, I mean, come on. It just This is a week-to-week league, boys and girls, and it changes week-to-week, and no question about that. Yeah, absolutely. Wayne, drive safe. I know it's raining hard up there. Get home safe, and appreciate <laughs> your time joining us tonight. Yeah, the monsoon has uh, subsided a little bit, although it's still raining tonight, but uh, you know, not not that bad. All right, good stuff. <laughs> Thanks, voice Greg. Of... Have a good week, and we'll talk to you next week. You do the same. That's the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larrabee. we got plenty of phone calls to get to on the other side. If you'd like to join us here, it's 800-990-3776-3517, the final. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. <laughs> Touchdown of the season. Four-yard touchdown run, and it's 7-6. to six. One of four touchdowns on the night for Aaron Jones and the Packers' 35-17 win over the Detroit Lions. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Press Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. Greg Matzik with you on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. 800-990-3776 if you'd like to join us here on the program. Let's begin, shall we? Tom was at the game. From Wapaka, joining us in Packers OT. Hello, Tom. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. A few things. For one, really relieving to see a game like this after being in Jacksonville last weekend. And it was also awesome to be at a full Lambeau field again. The crowd was rocking in there. But the big thing is, I was very impressed with Eric Stokes tonight. I don't know how, or after how he played, I don't know how he doesn't have a starting job. Um, I'll hang up and listen to what you have to say. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate the phone call, Tom. It's only going to ramp up here for Eric Stokes, and uh, I I get it, right? It's, you know, taking on the New Orleans Saints, game number one of your professional career. Stokes got a lot of time during the preseason, but Kevin King was brought back for a reason. It it almost feels like a situation where you expect the guy to take over at some point. Here's one of the biggest things I saw from Stokes tonight. Number one, and he broke up a pass on a fourth and one. Then he broke up a deep ball in the end zone later in the game. So he's got that speed. He's got incredible speed. Nobody faster on the team, certainly the defense, than Eric Stokes. But he also made a great play on a, a short pass. I think it was to the sidelines where he just he came up and he, he just knocked the guy out, man. He just handled the deal. And uh, he shows up well in run support uh, in addition. Now, I, there were some early nuggets that stood out to me, and it was the first touchdown pass from uh, Jared Goff to Quintez Cephas. That's a situation where Eric Stokes and Kevin King were both in the game, and, and a, a clear communication misread here. It was a gap in communication as both guys crashed down on the receiver, cutting across the middle, leaving Cephas wide open. So that, that was a situation to me where you know, somebody thought they were supposed to be in man, the other guy thought they were supposed to be in zone, clearly not on the same page, and it resulted in a touchdown. I have no idea who was at fault on that particular play, not a clue. I'm just saying that stuff can't happen. And uh, it's easy to point the finger at Kevin King because of his track record in Green Bay. Uh, You also have a rookie on the field who is just getting his feet wet in the NFL. So uh, it's the kind of thing that would hurt you against a a better team. Thankfully, it did not hurt the Packers tonight. But that first drive against the Packers defense was unsettling. It really was. It was just sort of, okay, here we go again. 
right? You just you cannot stop hemorrhaging yards and points. You saw it against New Orleans, and it started against uh, Detroit here tonight. Eventually, things would subside, but it really wasn't until the second half when the Packers took the lead that Detroit became a little more one-dimensional. They scored on three of their four drives in the first half, and the only drive they didn't score points on, drive number two, it was all self-sabotage. I mean, they're at the 50-yard line, then they had a false start. Then they had a holding call. There were four penalties on that drive. Uh, these were all self-inflicted wounds, and, and that cost Detroit an opportunity uh, to move the ball into Packers territory. They were at the 50 and then went backwards consistently uh, before punting. So a little concerning here with the Packers on defense. Uh, granted, uh, Zadarius Smith did not play tonight. He is not going to play next week or the following week against Pittsburgh. And we'll see after that. He's out a minimum of three weeks uh, on the IR with that back issue. Uh, there was not much pass rush tonight to speak of. Uh, I do have an interesting nugget from Matt LaFleur. I'll get to that coming up in a moment. Uh, but he was not happy with the way his defense was being coordinated by Joe Barry. And uh, the result after one half was a 17-14 Lions lead. Let's talk to uh, Justin, who was uh, also at the game tonight. Justin, you're on uh, Packers OT. Welcome in. Greg, thanks for taking my call. Um, you, you kind of stole my thunder just now. I wanted to talk to you about uh, how uh, the pass rush was kind of minimal. Uh, just want to know your thoughts on that. And I also want to make a side note on Jamal Williams, an absolute class act. Went around the field before the game played catch with the kids. Definitely well missed in Lambeau. And you can tell that he uh, missed being a, misses being a Packer. So just wanted your comments on the pass rush and moving forward. And uh, appreciate it, Greg. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate the phone call. I, I guess I'm not surprised that. You know, the traditional Packers pass rush wasn't at uh, full strength tonight. With Zedarius Smith on the sidelines, it's just, he's an animal, right? Very few players in the NFL have more pressures on the quarterback in the last two seasons than Zedarius Smith. I and mean, that's a small, small list. So I, that didn't surprise me tonight. Uh, but there was nothing to make up for it. I mean, the Packers did nothing to try and confuse Jared Goff and, and make him move around a little bit. He's typically not a guy who's going to run a lot. Believe me, I was shocked when they kind of called his own number on a, a read option play. I did not see that coming. Uh, but uh, an interesting nugget from Matt LaFleur after the game, he said he told Joe Barry either play coverage or get after the quarterback because playing the man thing and just sending four wasn't creating any pressure. They started to bring a little more pressure in the second half. It seemed to help. Now, it also coincides with the Packers taking a lead. But for a while, that game, even when the Packers were building a lead or took the lead, you're still talking about a one-score game. And the playbook is wide open for the Detroit Lions. It got to a point where the Packers' offense, keeping the Lions off the field, that proved to be a major assist to a defense. But I'll be curious to see where it goes from here, uh, because I noticed the same thing. There's just no pressure from that front group at all. Zero. And Jared Goff, he was fantastic in the first half, and he was Jared Goffel in the second half. That's what happens. A little bit of pressure, wet ball, whatever it is, Packers were able to take advantage. No defensive coordinator should ever scoff at pitching a shutout in the second half, but certainly the Packers' offense, part of the reason why, uh, the Lions were somewhat limited with what they could do. It, it became a one-dimensional offense once the Packers started to, to really build a, a commanding lead. 800-990-3776. We'll get into the locker room in a couple moments and hear from uh, some of those who played in tonight's game. Hear from Packers head coach Matt LaFleur as well. More Packers OT after this. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. 
Second and goal to go inside the one play action. Rodgers bootlegs right, throws right flat, got his man, end zone, touchdown, Aaron Jones. For every Packers touchdown scored this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program. Shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Today, that means, carry the one, $10,000. $10,000 donation to Touchdowns for Hunger to Feed Families in Wisconsin. Thank you to Sargento, who will continue to donate $2,000 per touchdown to Touchdowns for Hunger throughout the season. Again, benefiting Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, No doubt a concerted effort to get Aaron Jones off and running in this game. Just 15 rushing attempts for the Packers in game one against the Saints. And and it's really hard for me to look at the offensive output and and say anything was definitive. Well, they didn't do enough of this. Well, they didn't do enough of that. They just didn't get enough first downs. They they just could not stay on the field. So to me, it's an outlier. It happened, and you take it into consideration. But game one, I think we'll look back on it from an offensive standpoint and look at it like a clear outlier in a 17-game season. Uh, But it was also very clear what the New Orleans Saints try to do to the Packers defensively, which worked, by the way, is what the Lions try to do to the Packers, which didn't work. Different players, different team, I get it. But when a team is playing that too-high safety look, they are saying, you're not going deep. We're not going to give it up. Good luck. You're going to have to do everything uh, on the underneath. And the way you beat a too-high-safety look is to try and run the ball, establish the run. And the Packers did just that. Now, the totals were not gaudy uh, from the running perspective. 96 yards, a little over three a carry. But they were effective yards. It it just felt like kind of chipping away. Uh, Aaron Jones was about four yards a carry. A.J. Dillon is plowing forward attempts. uh, was a little over three and a half. These aren't gaudy numbers. In fact... The Packers being held under 100 yards, okay. Like There's nothing special about it, but they committed to it early. And Jones had seven touches on that first drive alone. Uh, the touchdown that he scored was actually a pass, a little push pass from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, otherwise, the numbers could have been a little more inflated. But nonetheless, it looks like a run. It's actually a pass. But using one of your best playmakers, one of your premier talents on offense, over 115 yards combined for Aaron Jones tonight and four touchdowns. So uh, one of the Packers' stars played like a star. So did Aaron Rodgers. So did Devontae Adams. One of the reasons you're looking at a 35-17 win. 800-990-3776. Let's talk to Jack in Freedom. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Jack. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to comment on... Our offensive line, and I know Rodgers only sacked three times tonight, but against teams like the Steelers and the 49ers with Nick Bosa and T.J. Watt, of how how our offensive line is going to hold up against teams like that. Yeah, I'm I'm a little nervous about it. Um, I, I'm I'm not nervous about certain individuals. Uh, I guess Jack is the way I look at it here. I, I love Elton Jenkins. I think he does a fine job. But what I think you've you've seen here over the last couple of weeks is. A starting offensive line that just they didn't play together in, in preseason. I know Royce Newman saw some time, and Josh Meyer saw some time. The rookies were on the field. We saw John Runyon a little bit. Uh, but we didn't see Elton Jenkins on the field. Like it just I don't know. It just it, You didn't have that cohesive group on the field throughout the, the course of 
of the preseason. It was only training camp for this group collectively. Um, but I do think it is kind of a just bide your time and hope David Bakhtiari gets back here uh, before half the season is gone. you got to get rid of the ball quick because uh, there were times where Rodgers was under duress and it was with a three-man rush with six on the offensive line. And it happened with a four-man rush with six on the offensive line. So anytime a team feels confident enough in their defensive line that they don't have to get too exotic or creative to get to the quarterback and they can do it, that's going to be a problem day for the offense. Appreciate the phone call, Jack. Thanks for chiming in. I, that's what we saw against the Saints. We can do this. Our front four, yeah. Uh, we can. There's two rookies on that offensive line. Let's attack them. Let's see how good they really are. I get it. Why wouldn't you try and attack that? For as good as Elton Jenkins is, he's one side of the line. Not the entire side. He's just on the left island, if you will. So teams are going to attack. And the more it shows up that you know that offensive line can be had by rushing three or four, well, more bodies you can sink into coverage and make it a little difficult for Aaron Rodgers to find throwing lanes. So the ability to run the football, that's where I thought the offensive line showed up at its best. It, it doesn't it doesn't really translate all in the numbers, uh, but the Packers were effective, uh, I thought, running the game when they had to run the football, and you saw a lot more of it in the first half uh, than you did in the second. Uh, Isaac is in Wausau joining us next. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Isaac. Hi, thanks for taking the call. You know, kind of just building on the same topic there with uh, Runyon, you know, getting a lot of snaps. You know, we've, we've got three offensive linemen that haven't even played you know, with Rodgers last year. So, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, I just uh, – hopefully our, our running game will, will pick up here, but we did a lot of swing passes tonight too. No, you're right. I mean, and they're safe, and, and there's some RPOs, run-pass options, where Aaron chose to pass the ball. Um, we saw John Runyon in at guard instead of Lucas Patrick, who was held out uh, due to the concussion, and I, he was okay. I, it wasn't a, a banner night for, I think, the Packers' offensive line. It was a good night for the Packers' stars. And uh, I, you just hope this offensive line starts to move it in the right direction. I, I, I don't look at tonight's game and say, wow, that, that group really struggled. And I don't look at it and say, man, were they just controlling the line of scrimmage? Did they win the trenches tonight? I, I can't say that definitively. I, this is more about the, the big play potential uh, from the Packers' stars than it was a, a ground and pound or, you know, it, we've got this under control because our front group is just so stout. I didn't feel that tonight, but I don't think it was a, a true hindrance either. Uh, so kind of a nondescript night for the offensive line, if that's a, a safe way to put it. And, and quite honestly, with uh, the rookies and, and lack of experience on the offensive line, that's that's okay. You can work with that. 800-990-3776. 800-990-3776. Uh, we've got Robert Tonian to get to in the locker room. He scored a touchdown tonight in the Packers' 35-17 win. Also used in the screen game quite a bit was Robert Tunyon. Good to see he and the offense get on track after a, a dismal performance in week one of the regular season. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Goes the snap. It's up for grabs on the fumble. The Packers think they have it. Packers and the it. officials signal first down Green Bay inside the 25 of Detroit. 
Tonight's turning point of the game is presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Dear driver, you're invited to save big at a new Toyota. Hurry in today. Visit Toyota.com for more information. Toyota, let's go places. Yeah, turning point of the game for me tonight uh, was in the second half, in the third quarter. Uh, Detroit only had two drives. It Really, it was a drive and a play. In the third quarter alone, as the Packers' offense really started to seize control. And following drive number one, the Packers took over, marched down the field, and into the end zone to take a 28-17 lead. Then there was a fumbled snap, right? And things kind of went haywire for the Detroit Lions. So that fumbled snap really spelled doom as Jared Goff and the offense for Detroit just unable to get back into it. The Packers started just running away with it and ultimately building that 35-17 to lead. So a clear turning point of the game for me, one of two turnovers for the Packers in a 35-17 win. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Before we get back to the phone calls here at 800-990-3776, Larry McCarron is standing by with Packers tight end Robert Tunyon. Here's Larry and the Packers tight end. Robert, how's it feel? I mean, you guys are used to winning and you have a clunker in week one. How does week two feel? Yeah, it just feels good to get back on track and kind of just show what we are and what we stand for and what the standard is. Just kind of a great way to get back on track. Hey, when people are going nuts outside the building and you guys are in here, do you guys kind of just shake your heads and say, we'll be fine? Um, no, not really. Um, I think we're just sticking to what we know offensive, defensively, and special teams and just stick to, uh, like, inside here and not worry about the outside noise. I think that's the best part about us is we just worry about us. Give me the blow-by-blow on your touchdown catch. Yeah, I uh, saw too high and saw a good look to get opportunity, so I was just trying to win, and hopefully the ball was going to get to me, and then all of a sudden see the ball right over the shoulder pad. It was a perfect ball. I just had to finish. Were you being guarded by Alex Anzalone there, the linebacker in that play? I believe so, yeah. You know, as soon as I saw that, I thought, Alex is in a bad way here. He ain't going to win this one. Yeah, Um, it was just a good good call by Matt and a good ball by Aaron, and I just had to do my part. Robert, that drive that you opened the second half with, I thought it was critical, a real turning point because you had the big play to Devontae, and I think it was on third and long and you hit that big one. There was like 50 yards. And then the precision of your route and Aaron's throw on your touchdown, I'm looking at it thinking, hey, you know what? The Packer offense is back, and it is just as good as ever. Yeah. I mean, in camp we were sharp, um, and leading up, you know, during the last couple of weeks we've been sharp. So I think it was just a matter of execution. And again, like I said, just kind of believing in ourselves and just going back to like what we stand for. Short week and then San Francisco, one of the tougher customers in the league. Are you kind of looking forward to it? Yeah, it's a good it's a good opportunity to go out there. We haven't won there in a while, so I think going out there and getting the job done will be good for us. 800-990-3776. If you'd like to join us here, Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Three catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown for Robert Tunyon tonight as the Packers defeat the Lions 35-17. to Let's grab Parker, who was uh, at the game tonight. Parker, you're on Packers OT. Welcome in. Hey, Greg. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Um, you know, I thought uh, the pass looked pretty good tonight. Eric Stokes really impressed me. I did think that at one time, though, they got a little one-dimensional. It was, I thought it was a little bit of the uh, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers show, but um, I do think that Aaron needs to hit uh, MVS 
they need to connect on those deep balls. You know, he missed them about three times. I think he could have hit them, but um, I thought we looked solid. You know, I think Detroit's a better team than people give them credit for, and uh, I was impressed with the win tonight. One thing I could say is that I do think Alan Lazar needs to get a little more involved. He's a real dynamic receiver, I think. I don't know that he even had a catch tonight, but overall it was a good game. A division win is a division win, so we'll take it. Yeah, no doubt about it, Parker. It's a, it's a way to sort of exhale after a week one disaster. And, you know, public perception doesn't shift too much, I don't think, nationally. With this win over the Lions, I think anybody looking at this from the outside says, well, it's the Lions. You've got to beat the Lions. And then if you lose to the Lions, it's like, whoa, boy, all hell's breaking loose. So, uh, you know, the win tonight is a great step in the right direction. The ship feels a little more upright than it did a week ago. And then you start to learn more in a short week going out west to face the 49ers on Sunday night football before returning home to face the Steelers. I'm not saying these are, you know, two of the best teams in the league, but they are stout defenses. They are professional. They can run the ball. They can do some things. They've got veteran talent. Uh, so it's you're going to earn it, right? You're absolutely going to earn it. And I, I get what you're saying about the Lions. They, they do have some pieces that you look at and say, well, he's intriguing. I like TJ Hawkinson. I remember Jamal Williams. Not much to be said about their defense. Uh, this Detroit defense is absolutely abysmal. They are terrible. And it's going to be like this for the bulk of the season. They lost their starting corner uh, in Okuda in week number one. They were down bodies in their secondary tonight as well. And the Packers took advantage. And this is a team you have got to take advantage of, especially when their defense is playing as poorly as it has played in two weeks. 76 points in two weeks allowed by the Detroit Lions. That is not good. That is not good. And I don't know when it's going to get better. But you take what's in front of you. And the Packers did just that tonight. Uh, in in really putting this game away in the second half, outscoring Detroit by a score of twenty one to nothing, little shutout pitch by the Packers defense. Uh, as for MVS, so it, this is interesting, and I'm going to grab Brian and Whitefish Bay here uh, to continue the conversation. I, I I do have like an MVS segment that I want to get to, and I got a title, and it's not his fault. Brian's in Whitefish Bay. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Brian. Yeah, I'm just wondering what is Aaron seeing in practice that thought that he would get to those two passes that he seemed disappointed when he didn't get to them? See, I, I read it as Aaron was upset with himself that he overthrew a wide-open receiver. That, that's how I looked at it, Brian. Um, and, and I don't know if Aaron was asked about that in the the post game. If he was, we'll see if we can dig that answer up. But I uh, appreciate the phone call. So MVS was targeted four times tonight. Three were on deep balls, and one was at the goal line. And the goal line pass was, it's kind of one of those pseudo-rub routes where Devontae's on the inside trying to sort of get in the way of the defensive back covering MZS on the outside and you know, see if he can create a little confusion. And I, I don't know what happened to the pass. It was just way behind MVS. Okay, goal line opportunity, that, that missed. The first deep ball that was thrown his way, there was just no separation, which I would say is rare. And Aaron threw it up, I think, expecting separation from MVS on a rookie cornerback, and it hit the rookie right in the head. And it was kind of on a line, you know what I mean? So it didn't have a lot of air under it where MVS could high point it and use his frame. The other two deep balls, Aaron just overthrew a very fast wide receiver. That's what I saw. So you connect on those two balls, and we know how accurate Aaron Rodgers is. 
You're looking at a totally different night in the stat line, and you're saying to yourself, wow, we've got a guy who can work the underneath. We've got guys like Robert Tunyon who can, you can run tight end screens to, Aaron Jones out on the perimeter, and then we've got our deep threat to uh, tear the roof off the defense and make you pay for playing your style of defense. MVS is still that guy. I, he's going to have – his stat line is going to be like two receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Like, like that's – I'm cool with that. This is not a possession receiver, eight grabs, 130 yards. It's just not going to be his kind of day. That's Devontae Adams. That's not MVS. He is a deep ball threat, and that works. I think every good offense has got players who can expose different levels of the field, different quadrants of the field, and his best is deep. Aaron just missed him. Flat out missed him twice. Two touchdowns should have been on the board for MVS tonight. Nonetheless, still a victory for the Green Bay Packers on a night where Devontae Adams led the team in receiving eight receptions, 121 yards. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this at 800-990-3776 on the Packers Radio Network. From the Green Bay 24, third and 12, snap Rogers, deep drop, steps up, rainbows, right side, Devontae, breaks the catch! Inside the Detroit 30 at the 26-yard line. Devontae Adams from Aaron Rodgers. They beat Melifonwu down the right sidelines. And the Packers are in business. 46-yard pass play. Came out a third and 12. It was the first drive of the second half of the Green Bay Packers, a drive that resulted in a touchdown to Robert Tunyon. Eight plays, 87 yards in four minutes, 34 seconds. So just you know, four and a half minutes into the second half, the Packers had turned a 17-14 deficit into a 21-17 lead. They would only tack on to that lead in winning 35 to 17. A reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. No field goals today, but we've got a season donation total of, well, carry the one here, $1,000 to the uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Just one field goal by Mason Crosby. That was in week one against the New Orleans Saints. 800-990-3776. If you'd like to join us here, Packers OT is presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Uh, we've got Mike and Fond du Lac joining us on Packers OT. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. Hello, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering, uh, you know, I think the unsung hero might, might be an old favorite of Randall Cobb. Uh, I mean, we were at the game tonight, and I tell you what, when he caught those couple balls in a row, that momentum switched real quick. I mean, he really brought the heat. I just, I mean, he hasn't got a lot of balls this year, and we don't know how many balls he'll get, but I just, he, he definitely brought the momentum tonight. I just want to know what you guys think about that. It's been kind of untalked about. I, yeah, I mean, ultimately it's kind of a quiet night. I, I think if you just look at the stat line, you see three catches, 26 yards, and say, okay, well, all right, well, he got a couple balls thrown his way. I, it did seem like they came, I don't, I don't want to say in huge moments of the game, but they came at a time where you needed a chunk play, and he was able to get a chunk we play, so right? It's, it's uh, you know, 13 yards. It's whatever, second and 13, you pick up 14 yards. So I, that You like to see that, and he's going to do the bulk of his damage over the middle of the field as kind of a second reaction guy or a guy who's going to beat the zone coverage. He's, he's high on the trust meter for Aaron Rodgers, and that'll certainly pay dividends 
He's also healthy. Uh, he's, he's not the Randall Cobb he was six years ago. I get it. Uh, but I don't think he's just window dressing. I don't think this is a ceremonial year for Randall Cobb in Green Bay. I really don't. I think as long as he's healthy, he'll find a way to, to impact the game. And you know, really, a night like tonight, he's he's keeping Amari Rodgers off the field. And, you know, MVS gets a, a few targets thrown, deep balls. Alan Lazard doesn't get anything thrown his way. Uh, and it's not needed. Those mum- numbers might grow significantly from week to week. That's kind of the beauty of the Packers' offense. Any one of a number of players can shine. Uh, in Matt LaFleur's system. No doubt about that. Uh, Mike joins us next from Illinois. You are on Packers OT. Hi, Mike. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call today. Uh, I got two things for you. I got number one, we got to give a shout-out to Devondre Campbell. Felt like he was AJR because he had 13 total tackles and, and the pick. And then my other thing was uh, – the only the only guy I saw making uh, plays in, inside today was Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark was a beast, but I just don't see anyone around him. I don't see the depth. I want to know your take on that. Thank you so much. Yeah, th- this is a, a a this is an area they need a little bit more boost. Uh, they need something out of that defensive line because I, it's it, it's twofold. Number one, you, you make life easier for your linebackers if you're sucking up the bodies up front. And in some respects, I think that that worked tonight. Devondre Campbell had 13 tackles as an inside linebacker. I I don't care who plays inside linebacker in the Packers system. They're always going to have a lot of tackles. They will always have a lot of tackles. A.J. Hawk, Blake Martinez, you go down the list. They will tackle the ball carrier. That's just how it is designed. Uh, I'd have to watch the tape back, but it, it just felt to me, especially early on, boy, it felt like, Jared Goff, whether they were running the ball, whether they were you just they had time and space with which to operate, and I think Larry McCarron said it and he, he put it well on the broadcast, saying you've heard of a covered sack. Well, how about a protection completion? That happened tonight, and a lot of that was early on. And uh, I mentioned this earlier in case you missed it. I'll reiterate the point. But Matt Lafleur went to Joe Barry at one point of the game and said, "Look, like I." If, Play zone or bring bring pressure. Like what you're doing right now is not working. We are getting no pressure, and they are chewing us up. They are defining their spaces and eating us alive. So that's got to stop. And the second half was clearly better than the first half. I do think the Packers' offense deserves a, a bit of an assist. But even after scoring that first touchdown in the second half, it's only 21-17, and Detroit gets the ball back. In fact, they start moving the ball a little bit. And on a fourth and one, inexplicably call a pass play, and uh, Eric Stokes breaks it up. I don't know why you pass on fourth and one in that situation. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. But nonetheless, that sort of was the beginning of the end, I felt, for Detroit. Uh, But the Packers' defense was a little bit more in sync in that second half, to be sure. No doubt the Packers' offense was as well. By and large, just a satisfying win over a division opponent. Uh, it doesn't matter who it is. You want to win the division, you must win within the division. And the Packers' first crack comes away with a victory over the Lions. So, atop the division here in the NFC North, it's the Bears and Packers, both at 1-1. One and one. one hour down, one to go here on the program. We'll continue to take your phone calls at 800-990-3776. I'm guessing we have a little Aaron Jones we can hear from later. Four touchdowns on the night for Jonesy as the Packers stars play like stars in tonight's win over the Detroit Lions. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We'll be back after this 
on the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, come through. So there's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik on the Packers Radio Network. Aaron Rodgers throws for 255 yards and four touchdowns. Aaron Jones finds the end zone four times his own. And the Packers emerge with a 35-17 victory on a rainy night at Lambeau Field. The season home opener at Lambeau, a soggy one at that, but a victory nonetheless for the Green Bay Packers. Welcome in, it's Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Before we get back to your phone calls and thoughts at 800-990-3776, let's step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. 94.5 ESPN is WKTI and WKTI HD, Milwaukee. Take it from me, Mark Tauscher. Orthopedic Associates has what it takes to stay in the game. There is a difference. And a reminder that the 555 is back at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. That means... Get up to five years, no interest, five months, no first payment, 5% same-day order savings at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. See PellaWI.com for details. 800-990-3776 as we recap the Packers' 35-17 win over the Detroit Lions. Uh, we did mention the turning point. It came in the second half. It's probably a couple of couple of candidates for that, uh, I would suppose. You get the Packers' big play to Devontae Adams on a third and 12 on the first drive of the second half. That next 46 yards. And then uh, a little bit later in the drive, you end up capping it with a, a touchdown pass to Robert Tunyon, a 22-yard touchdown pass. That capped an eight-play, 87-yard drive in four and a half minutes. Uh, they just showed the replay of that touchdown uh, on one of the monitors here in my studio. Uh, what's amazing on that play to me is... I don't know how many quarterbacks throw that ball to Robert Tunyon. I don't know how many quarterbacks in the league think, yep, that's a touchdown. If I let it go and put it here, that is a touchdown. If you watch the play, if you watch the replay again, and, and I had a view where I could just see a little bit more of the field, my goodness, is Alan Lazard just standing by himself in the middle of the field. And the way the route was designed... Tunyon actually sucked in the safety. He had a trailing linebacker. He sucked in a safety. So he was primarily double cover. Rodgers just put it right on the hash mark uh, to where no member of the defense could affect the pass. And it just sort of snuck into Tunyon's arm just amazingly. But the guy who was standing by himself, a far lower degree of difficulty was Alan Lazard. He probably scores a touchdown on that play as well. I, look, I'm not saying it was a bad decision. Don't get me wrong. It just underscores the brilliance of Aaron Rodgers' accuracy. And, and when he is like that, when he is that on point, my goodness, I, two of the balls he threw on that drive alone, the 46-yarder to Adams and the 22-yard touchdown to Tunyon, I mean, those are picture-perfect passes. 
And for all the struggles they had in Week 1, things started to look a little more like the Packers' offense here in Week 2. However, the defense, uh, certainly in the first half, looked a little bit more like it did in Week 1. So uh, plenty of room to grow on the defensive end, but this is more the offense you'd expect from the Packers what we saw tonight here at Lambeau Field. Uh, let's talk to uh, Ed in uh, Milltown. You are on Packers OT. Hi, Ed. Hey. A hey, uh, couple of things. Uh, just to touch on the guy earlier that was uh, commenting on the Marquez Valdez-Scantling um, targets. The first one, okay, you know, granted, I didn't get to see the game. I listened to the whole thing. Um that first one seemed like it was an underthrow from what I heard. And they said the coverage was tight, and I was just wondering, would it have been, you know, not as tight had the throw been out in front of them and a little more air under it? I, I can answer that for um, you, Ed, before you move on. The, the To me, the answer is no. That, that was stride for stride coverage. Uh, and the ball was thrown a little bit more on a line. It didn't have a lot of air on it where it could be a like a jump ball situation that was more of an in stride type throw uh but it was very uh, well it was very well defended okay so all right so but then the other the other three uh just seems like a couple of overthrows by Aaron and then behind Valdez scanling on the on the goal line yeah, that's exactly what it was. Uh, Aaron missed him. Uh, here I am talking about Aaron Rodgers' pinpoint accuracy, right? You saw the pass to Tunyon. He missed well, MVS no, twice. Uh, <laughs> I want to see that. Well, you, you heard about it. You look that up on, Ed, you will, look that up online. You will watch that play and wonder how he missed MVS on a deep ball when, when MVS was so open. Because Robert Tunyon was not open. I, I don't. If you if I don't know why you throw that pass to Robert Tunyon, and, and that's just yeah, that's just I, I Aaron. Was, I was just listening listening to you mention that about you know the last call. It uh, it was it's like it's remarkable. You just play. Uh, it, it is, and I hope you get a chance to appreciate the phone call, Ed. But yes, I, Aaron Rodgers was much more on point tonight than he was in Week One. There, there's no question. I mean, the offense was just far more in sync. Defense, I think, still has a lot of work to do. Missing Zedarius Smith does not help. But I, Aaron missed MVS. He, he missed him twice. And he, he overthrew the fastest offensive player on the team. Uh, they will dial that in. I think they kind of have to dial that in. You have to have a deep threat. You have to have a package where you can say, you know what, we're going to take our shot here. And, and they tried it three times with MVS tonight, and it didn't bear any fruit. And uh, the goal line opportunity was uh, a pass behind number 83. So it just, just couldn't quite connect. Just uh, out of sync here. Four opportunities to MVS and uh, no receptions tonight, but uh, his day will come. Larry's in California joining us next. Greetings, Larry. Uh, hi, Greg. Uh, good morning to you. Good evening to me because I'm still here in the Western uh, time zone, which next Monday, next Sunday night I'll be uh, on the West Coast time when they meet the, uh, the 49ers. But let me just say something about the Packers. Um, you know, it's hard to repeat in any kind of sport more than once, let alone three times, uh, just to get to the NFC Championship. And I'm telling you right now, I'm a diehard fan, but I just don't see the Packers getting there this year. I really don't. Uh, to me, Aaron looks like he's already checked out, uh, even though I know he had a game tonight. And last week I had said to people he already looked like he was checked out. I just don't know if he really has it in his heart that he wants to lead these Packers to any kind of chance for a playoff. I really don't because – 
Um, it just doesn't appear to be because the Packers have problems on their defense, like you've mentioned already on, on your show. And uh, I, I just don't see, I just don't see the Packers being able to get back to uh, to the promised land because there's so many other teams that are so much better right now, and we're only in the second week. But there's so many good teams right now. I mean, it's pretty evenly split right now uh, as far as teams with uh, quality players. You know, I mean, really. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers start Jordan Love somewhere in the midseason because um, I, I think he, I think they're going to start this uh, process even sooner than later. I really do. Uh, I hope you're wrong on that, Larry, because if, if they go to Jordan Love, it means Aaron Rodgers was injured or this season is just spiraling out of control, right? And I don't think either one of us want to see that. Um, I, I don't watch tonight's game and say, wow, where's the effort? Uh, because I, I think... Where Aaron Rodgers is at his best is when he knows people are doubting him. And when he knows that the national chatter and the narrative is, hey, he just doesn't have it anymore, or, or something isn't right, that's when he's at his best. And, and I, I don't think it was unfair to criticize Aaron Rodgers, given the way the offseason shaped out, and, and just just everything that happened from April to you know week one of the season, everything that happened. I, I don't think it was unfair to criticize Aaron Rodgers' play, given everything that happened, and wonder, is he into this thing? But then the doubters start to creep in, and the national discussion is the Packers are washed up, Aaron Rodgers looked old, they didn't look connected, and what does he do? He goes out and throws four touchdown passes and has just five incompletions against a defense that is not good. Don't get me wrong, it's not a good defense. But he had a brilliant night. So as long as there are detractors to Aaron Rodgers, I, I feel like he's he's got something that he needs to to get off his chest. And, uh, you know, perhaps he did that a little bit tonight. W- what I didn't like, and I, and I think this was isolated and played, you know, all over the place, but was Aaron Rodgers on the, uh, the Fox broadcast in an interview with Aaron Andrews saying, I've got nothing left to prove on the football field. I don't think that settled well with many. It, it just, I don't, I don't get it. I, I guess I don't understand the motivation for saying it. And that comment in and of itself is enough to say well wait a minute is he is he into this thing like where, where, where's the the fire breathing dragon the, the competitive Aaron Rodgers where is that is that is that is that hunger still there I don't think it was unfair to question it after that interview and after the offseason tonight was certainly a step in the right direction you know, the offense was in much better shape I your point about the defense I think is is well stated the Packers have never won a Super Bowl without a top-five defense. I'll say it again. They have never won a Super Bowl without a top-five defense. This will not be a top-five defense. That doesn't mean it can't be an improving defense. I'd like to see that. That would be a good thing. How good do they really have to be for the Packers to be a Super Bowl team? Top half of the league? Top ten? History would say top-five, but of course it's a different year. That's just a historical perspective reference. But think about that. How good does this defense really have to be for the Packers to make that deep run and get beyond the NFC Championship game? 800-990-3776 if you'd like to join us. A couple open lines if you'd like to hop in. Thirty-five seventeen. the final. We'll dip back into the locker room, hear from more of the players, including Aaron Jones. He'll join us after this. It's Packers OT on the Packers Radio Network. $3,000 for a refrigerator. Are you kidding me? Oh, 
win or lose, a fresh haircut is always a great way to boost your mood. It's even better when it's easy to get in and out of the salon. That's why customers love the Great Clips online check-in app. Easy in, easy out, easy great. A-Rod in the shotgun from the Detroit 11 on second down. Here's the snap. Rodgers looking, waiting. Sends it out left side. Aaron Jones wide open to the end zone. Touchdown! 11-yard touchdown pass. Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Jones. And a Lambo lead to the north end zone stand for showtime. 67 yards on the ground and a touchdown for Aaron Jones. He also had 48 yards receiving. Since receptions, three of those resulted in scores. Four touchdown total and 115 yards from scrimmage for Aaron Jones. He is our Great Clips player of the game tonight. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik with you until 1 o'clock. 800-990-3776. Mary Jo joins us next. In Sheboygan, you're on Packers OT. Hi, Mary Jo. Hi there. Um, I was just kind of wondering, and you could probably answer this, um, the defensive coordinator, didn't he um, work for Detroit Lions for quite a few years? Am I correct with that? Yeah, he's had kind of a... uh... He's had kind of a checkered past. You wouldn't look at his, you wouldn't look at his credentials and say you didn't have quite the Mike Pettin resume coming to Green Bay. I'll put it that way. Right, and that and there was just uh, no adjustments last week. That was one thing I noticed. I didn't get to watch the whole game, but I heard you saying that there was, you know, really no adjustments in the first half again. And last week there was no adjustments against that Winston. Which there should have been, you know. Um, it was that just scares me. It's like, oh boy, you know, are they going to be able to get what they need out of this guy, you know, because that defense doesn't look the greatest the way it is. So hopefully. <clears throat> What's your take on that? Yeah, I, the defense is going to be a work in progress. Now, I, I'm trying to be patient. I mean, it's two weeks in, and the Packers did pitch a shutout here in the second half. Uh, to a Lions team that, I understand, they did score a boatload of points in Week 1, albeit a losing effort, and some of that was garbage point time. I get it. Uh, you give me a month. I, I know that's going to sound crazy, but you got the Niners, you got the Steelers, and, and those offenses, I think, are going to look a little different than what you saw tonight uh, at Lambeau Field. There will be a road test next weekend on Sunday Night Football. Uh, but the Packers' defense is not built to absorb the loss of Zadarius Smith. That is a monumental blow. So think about the Packers' offense when Matt LaFleur came to Green Bay. So two years ago, the first year of a new offensive system in Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers put up pretty good numbers, but it was not the high-flying offense that we saw last season, the offense that led the league in scoring. So logic would tell you, okay, just another year in the system with a lot of the same players and same faces – Right? I mean, it didn't change dramatically from one year to the next for Matt LaFleur. There was just more comfort in the system. The, the playbook was wide open. They were adding things. They were tweaking things. And uh, that offense last year was just incredible to watch. Incredible. One of the best offenses the Packers have ever had. That was last season, year two. Much better than year one. So I get that. More time in a system leads you to believe that with the same players, you're going to have a higher level of comfort. But the defense doesn't have an Aaron Rodgers, right? They don't have the great deodorant to mask some of the issues. 
So not only do you have growing pains in a new defense, you're missing your best player on defense, or at least one who's going to affect the quarterback. Jair Alexander may be your best player, but Zadarius Smith is best at getting to the quarterback. And only two players have more pressures on the quarterback in the last two seasons than Zadarius Smith. Like he's, he's the deal, man. And he makes life for Rajon Gary and Preston Smith a little bit easier. Without him on the field, I, who are you really worried about in that front seven? Who are you game planning against? So, I, growing pains, yes. Missing your best pass rusher, that's not good. So, I, it's going to be a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, I, I have to say, I, I, I don't see this defense making a gigantic leap forward without Zadarius Smith on the field. He is a key component. Now, he's a megastar on that Packers defense. But to the caller's point, uh, and Mary Jo uh, heard me talking about it earlier, Matt LaFleur, just, he, he saw stuff out of the defense tonight he didn't like. And what he did not like was the Detroit Lions marching down the field on their first drive and really picking up where the Saints left off and going seven plays, 75 yards, and into the end zone. Are you kidding? We're doing this again? And that drive featured a a 46-yard sort of broken bomb of a pass play to Quintez Cephas in which Kevin King got beat. And then a, a, a miscommunication, broken coverage, at the goal line, in which Cephas was standing by himself because Eric Stokes and Kevin King weren't on the same page. Are we playing man? Are we playing zone? What's going on? Can we just start with that? Guys knowing where each other is supposed to be on the field? That is a good first step. Let's just start with that. The mind game. That element of it is a big deal. So work in progress is its a polite way of saying it's, it's going to look bad at times. It really is, but... Where I felt the defense started to take a step forward was in the second half. Now, granted, the Packers were starting to build momentum on, on offense, and maybe there's some carry over there. The defense was certainly rested as the Packers were holding the ball. But there was more pressure. I, I thought the pressure on Jared Goff increased in the second half. Was it great? The sack totals would tell you probably not. Green Bay credited with one sack. I, I think that's when Jared Goff fell on the ball that he fumbled but ultimately recovered. That goes down as a sack. The second half was better. It was much better. There was more pressure. There were fewer points. Again, step in the right direction. Still, I think, a ways to go. 800-990-3776 if you'd like to join us. I teased him before the break here. Let's get to it. Larry McCarron, kind enough to still hang out here in the Packers locker room. Do we have Aaron Jones? He's not hanging out with Aaron Jones. My mistake, I thought we had a little Aaron Jones to play for you coming back here. Nonetheless, a brilliant night for the Packers running back in Green Bay's 35-17 win over the Detroit Lions. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Snap to Jerry Goff, downfield. Scrambles to his right, on the run, throws right side in. Intercepted, Campbell out of bounds, and there is your dagger! to the 45-yard line, third turnover by Jerry Goff in the second half tonight. 
13 tackles and an interception for Devondre Campbell, one of the newcomers here on the Packers' defense, uh, an experienced inside linebacker, very rangy, very tall inside linebacker, uh, built quite a bit different than some of uh, the inside linebackers of the past. But uh, nice game tonight for Devondre Campbell. Seemed to be in on just about everything in a 35-17 win over the Detroit Lions. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Greg Matzik. Got about a half hour left to go in the program. If you'd like to join us, it's 800-990-3776. Let's grab Doug, who is uh, working at Sargento, one of our fine partners here on Packers OT. Welcome to the program. Hi, Doug. Hey, uh, Wayne, how you doing? Thanks uh, thanks for taking my call. No problem, Brian. Uh, You know, hey, I've been a a Packer fan since uh, 57, so uh, what I've been witnessing the last couple games is uh, it's kind of depressing because yeah, our our defense isn't the same without Z in there putting that pressure on. But you know, you, you got to do something. You got to do something to get some pressure on our opposing quarterback. Like I was telling the gentleman, I answered the line. Uh, you know, uh, you got Winston last week, and again today, the quarterback's back there. He's got time not only to make a sandwich, but stand back there and eat it too before he gets any pressure on it. That's unacceptable. Barry's got to find some way to get some pressure on. You got to send some somebody off the corner or run some stunts or something with some linebackers. Uh you know, it's got to be more than just hiring your buddy as a defensive coordinator because we had even with Petton, you know, and he had his flaws, but he was good enough to get us to two uh championship games back to back. you know, I understand the, the confusion with the call last week and who was responsible or last year who was responsible for that. And then the other thing is our offensive line uh, Aaron doesn't have any time at all. He's got like maybe a two count. He, he doesn't even have enough time to go through his reads, let alone, you know, um, you know, hit the hit the long pass when you're under pressure like that. But what I've seen is, you know, our, the defense is they're running stunts on the outside. Our center and our and our uh, either guard is kind of standing there waiting for somebody to come at him. Forget that. Go find somebody to double up and block them. Give Aaron a pocket to step up in. I mean, come on, man. You're not going to have a running game like that or nothing. And without that, Packers aren't going to have a chance to snip in the playoffs. Uh, and, and it's really frustrating because they have the horses to get it done. But, you know, sooner or later, a coach has to get in somebody's butt and uh, say, you're either going to do this or you're going to be replaced or maybe Goody needs to go and make, uh, you know, give up a – give up a draft pick or something to bring some talent in that defensive line. Because right now, it's just unacceptable, man. Doug, appreciate the phone call. Thanks for chiming in. Uh, I'll reiterate what Matt LaFleur said uh, after the game. He said he told defensive coordinator Joe Barry to either play coverage or get after the quarterback because playing man and sending just four in the first half wasn't creating any pressure. So this was recognized by the head coach and uh, explained by the offensive-minded head coach to the defensive coordinator. This ain't working. Change it. And he did, and it got better. Uh, the Packers' defense, again, it, 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 absorbing the loss of Zadarius Smith is going to be a challenge for this Packers' defense. I don't know if, how long he's going to be out. I, I hope it's just the minimum three weeks. I, I don't know what's going on with Zadarius, to be perfectly candid, but he needs to be on the field for this Packers' defense to be even a top-half Defense, I, I truly believe that. Uh, and the offensive line is young. I, I think the more snaps together, the better. Uh, it, to me, it felt like it was going to be a better night running the football, just given the success early on. 
you know, the final numbers, uh, I was going back and looking at the drive summaries, and wow, boy, drive number one, it was a you know, seven-yard run for Aaron Jones, and you know, it was a, another run here, another nine-yard run, a four-yard run, seven touches for Jones, touchdown in six and a half minutes, 75 yards. At the end of the day, they averaged, well, Aaron did, about 3-9 a carry. A.J. Dillon was 3-6 a carry. That's, that's okay. It's not great. So I, you'd like to think those numbers will improve. And, and yes, I, I think there's an understanding that you may not just have a ton of time to operate with the football in your hand if you're Aaron Rodgers. So a uh, couple deep shots, but a lot of underneath tonight. And that was due in part to the way the Saints, uh, excuse me, the Lions were playing, like the Saints, with uh, that too high safety look. But the Packers burned them on it. They burned them on it, no doubt about that, especially in the intermediate passing game. That was effective tonight for the Green Bay Packers. Tim is uh, in Milwaukee joining us next on Packers OT. Hello, Tim. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. You bet. Uh, Just wanted to talk about the defense again, because clearly this is the glaringly obvious worst uh, issue we have on this football team right now. But I'm going to be optimistic. I, I think a lot of the things you guys talked about earlier are true. Uh, guys not knowing where they need to be, things like like that are, are happening because, as you said, they didn't play together as a unit in the preseason. A lot of, a lot of new faces back there. Uh, it's year one with a new scheme, new coordinator, new approach. I think as this season moves on and we see you know real tests, you know like San Francisco coming up on Sunday, this team has a chance to gel over as this season progresses. And defensively, I think they could really start to come together as a unit as we get to that middle point, uh, later point of the season, which, of course, is when we want our defense to click and get hot as we try to storm into the playoffs. I mean, Rashawn Gary looked good tonight. I, I, I had a close eye on him. Uh, he looked really good. Um, Devondre Campbell is a, is a beast among men. And um, there, there is a lot of flashes that I see with this defense that if they could just click and buy in and play together, I, I think they could. They really could gel and develop as the year goes on. Obviously, if there's a real issue with Joe Barry as the coordinator, they're going to make a change the sooner the better. But I, I don't really think it's, it's pull the fire alarm panic time just, just yet. I think they need to iron out some more kinks and uh, work, work as playing uh, as a unit as we go forward. You know, you, you have to be historically bad to lose your job after one year. And I don't think that's where this is going to trend, at least I hope not, Tim. Um, I, I'd like to think that that everything you're saying makes sense. Right? The more you play together, the better things should be, uh, assuming you've got a clean bill of health and you know, you've got most, if not all, of your stars on the field playing football. And this team, defensively, looks very similar to last year's. The big difference, Devondre Campbell, that's an upgrade to me over Christian Kirksey. Uh, Kamal Martin was playing at this time last year, and he was cut in the preseason. Uh, and then, of course, Eric Stokes, and I, we saw some flashes of, of his brilliance tonight uh, and what he's capable of, and he's only going to earn more time. I have no doubt. He's a first-round draft pick. Those guys play. They absolutely play. Uh, it, it's going to be a work in progress. I, I'm just trying to figure out, are, are we going to get to a point where the offense has a tough go? They just can't seem to get in sync. Maybe they're on the road. It's a crazy environment. It just, things aren't clicking. Can the defense prop up the offense to win a football game? Because tonight, to me, the offense propped up the defense. Kind of a sluggish start on both sides of the ball. 
Packers had just three drives in the first half, and then in the second half it was foot on the gas pedal, go. Packers took a lead, kept their foot on the gas pedal, and just ran away with it tonight. That can assist a defense that was you know, giving up a good chunk of yards in that first half and uh, and a few scores. And Detroit scored on, what, three of four possessions in the first half? That's not great. And the only drive they didn't score, they had four penalties. I mean, it was self-inflicted wounds that entire drive. So that's what I'm curious to see. I, I don't know the answer to it, but that to me will be a sign that, okay, you're cooking with gas here now. Yeah, the defense earned that win. They propped up the offense on a day or a night where the offense just didn't quite look like it normally looks. That's when you know you've got a defense that's capable of, of helping you out in the postseason. We've seen it before where the Packers were lights out on offense under Mike McCarthy, but they couldn't stop anybody. They got into the NFC Championship game, and Ladarius Gunter was trying to guard Julio Jones. Oh, boy, that's not going to be good. And it wasn't. You can't have to play perfect offense every week to win. So that's the growth you'd like to see, and I'm hopeful to see it here uh, with Joe Barry and this Packers defense. 35-17, the final. 800-990-3776 if you'd like to join us. 35-17, the Packers earned the victory over the Detroit Lions. Uh, they are fantastic, by the way, against the NFC North under Matt LaFleur. 12-1 and under head coach Matt LaFleur in NFC North Division Contest. That's, that's good stuff right there. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. The Whatever It Takes play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. And here's the snap to Goff. Packers on a blitz. Goff flushed to his left. Looking, winds up, rainbows into the end zone. Broken up by the rookie. Broken up by Stokes. The pass intended for Trinity Benson. It has been an outstanding night, or so it appears, for Eric Stokes, the rookie cornerback. The Whatever It Takes play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling, doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable. Find your local dealer at bryant.com. Yeah, fine night for Eric Stokes in uh, tonight's win, 35-17 the final. Packers OT is presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Uh, Eric Stokes is going to see more time here on defense. I'm just interested to see how they best use him. Uh, you played pretty much exclusively uh, one of the bookend corners throughout the preseason. And why not? It makes total sense. But after the Week 1 performance uh, against the Saints, uh, there was a bit of a shift here. So you saw during the first half of this game, Eric Stokes on one side, Jair Alexander on the other, with Kevin King operating in the slot. And I don't know if that's the best spot for him either. Uh, you know, quickness, change of direction, I guess I don't associate that with Kevin King's skill set. He's long. And he's rangy, and he showed that on the sidelines on a deep ball thrown to Quintez Cephas. He got burned on one, and then he made a very nice play on one in the corner of the end zone as uh, Cephas showed his own athleticism and in, in almost hauling that one in one-handed. But Kevin King's length, and if he gets his hands on you, that's when he can win. If he's just got a turn and flat run, I, I think he's I think he's lost a little speed from his early days in his career, and he's not as fast as Eric Stokes. I don't know many on the Packers roster, if anybody, is fast as Eric Stokes. So makeup speed uh, is much more so there with number 21 than it is with number 20. Something to watch here. But I thought it was a very encouraging performance by Eric Stokes. 
Uh, it was an outstanding performance by Aaron Jones. It was a very efficient performance by Aaron Rodgers, who uh, talked about tonight's game and just you know being back at Lambeau Field in front of a crowd, sellout crowd for the first time in a little over a year. It's special. It's what you miss, you know, an entire year without this this type of atmosphere. You miss, uh, I mean, everything from the the intro with the with the people holding the phones up or lights or whatever it was to the flyover. Yeah, it's special. You know, there's nothing there's nothing like that feeling. Yeah, so the atmosphere outstanding at Lambeau Field, uh, rain or shine, as it were, still raining up in Green Bay. And then once the game started, it was uh, all about Aaron Jones uh, setting a tone on offense for the Green Bay offense. He was running for first downs, and we had a few of them the first drive of the game. You know, run, 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 got a first down. I think that was a good kind of setting the tone for us. And the more we can run the ball, the more the action game sets up. We just really, really haven't got into a whole lot of that because he's been playing cover two, and we need to we need to run the ball against that. Okay, so one of the calls that uh, – that tends to annoy me a little bit on Packers OT over the years is the phone call that suggests, well, I, they won the coin toss and then they did the wrong thing, right? So we, we, we anytime the Packers win the coin toss, uh, there's going to be one call that hits on Packers OT. Uh, I don't always take it, if I'm being perfectly honest. But there's usually a call that uh, argues the Packers made the wrong decision. Win or lose, by the way, the Packers made the wrong decision. Uh, so I've never been coin toss guy, just like I'm not, you know, fire the hitting coach kind of guy. <laughs> just, you know, I don't know. Uh, there are times where I think, yeah, set a tone, get the offense out there. And apparently that's what Aaron Rodgers was thinking tonight on the home field in front of fans for the first time in a year with a defense that very much struggled last week against the New Orleans Saints, a defense that couldn't get off the field that first half. And an offense that was probably licking its chops to get off and running after a very dismal performance in Jacksonville. So here's Aaron Rodgers commenting on the coin toss. You know, I was thinking back to 2016, and we went on that run. One thing that changed was we started taking the ball just to kind of get the momentum going early in the game. Um, I've always enjoyed the uh, defer. Obviously, you can't always win the toss, but the fur and the, and the double-up opportunity last drive of the first half and the first drive of the second half, but that might be something that we might look at moving forward. That's really interesting, okay? So I, I have, I've always been in the camp that if you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers who is so good at the two-minute drill, I, how much time do you need on the clock for him to make something happen? You don't need much, and we have seen it so many times. You get three, you get seven, you go into the half, you start the second half with the ball, you get three, you get seven, right? And you just start to just pile on. You get that extra possession, it almost feels like. You don't really get that at the start of the game. However, to Detroit's credit, they marched down the field, seven plays, 75 yards, and had a 7 nothing lead in front of a stunned crowd on the road. And it was a frenzied crowd that Detroit silenced in about seven plays. So I, I get it. I understand the logic. Aaron is so good at quarterback. That doubling up on your opportunities always seems appealing to me, but who knows? Maybe I've been wrong on this thing the whole time. Maybe I've been wrong the entire time. That's okay. You can laugh at me. I should have taken your calls. I should have taken your calls. We do have more time for your calls here on Packers OT. We'd love to get to them at 800-990-3776. A couple nuggets from Matt LaFleur coming up on the other side. And uh, we'll also look ahead to week three of the regular season. It'll be another night game for the Packers Sunday night. So a short week, 
a flight out west to San Francisco. Not sure when the Packers are going to leave. Typically they leave on Saturdays. They might leave on a Friday. They've done that before. Whatever the case, it's not gone well when Matt LaFleur has taken his team out west in a variety of ways, right? Chargers, San Francisco a couple of times. So uh, there's something to to be gained here. Uh, Perhaps some information in the think tank here going on for Matt LaFleur. But they will travel to San Francisco to face the 49ers on Sunday night football. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. He wants a return. He's going to get one. Kylan Hill of the three. Outside of the right numbers to the 10-15. Breaks tackle 20. Breaks sideline 25-30. He has hurdles the kicker across the 40. Then Kylan Hill putting the Packers in business. Yeah, nice return from the Packers rookie who saw a couple of carries tonight. Uh, his first, uh, I guess, real action of the regular season. The seventh-round rookie running back, Kylan Hill, the main kickoff return man for the Packers. 35-17, the final. The Packers improved to 1-1 one and one with a home victory over the Detroit Lions. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. A few minutes left in the program. We'll take you here at 800-990-3776. Before we get back to you, let's get back into the locker room here from Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, who was encouraged by his team's performance tonight. It's a step in the right direction after a week one loss to the Saints in Jacksonville. The first half, it wasn't looking too great for us, but I was I was happy with how we finished. Definitely need to start faster as a team, uh, and really in every phase. So we'll enjoy the win tonight, but we know that there's a lot to improve upon. Yeah, they did not start fast on defense. You'd love to see that three or four and out and uh, turn it back over to the offense early on in the game. That has not happened through two games. It's been offense on attack against the Packers' defense, Uh, To the Packers' credit, they answered the bell uh, with matching Detroit in that first quarter. So 7-7 after one, Detroit had a 17-14 lead at the half, and then the Packers just sort of put it into overdrive. A quick touchdown in the second half and 21 unanswered points to uh, pull away with the victory and more than double up the Detroit Lions at Lambeau. Didn't feel like it was going to be that kind of game. It it was almost trending toward a, a bit of a shootout. Team of the ball last is going to win, right? 40 points are going to need to win this game. But now the Packers were able to clamp down on defense and get momentum rolling on offense to secure the win. Yes, the Packers can still be better. Aaron Rodgers, well, the way his numbers mapped out, how much better could he be? He did miss a couple. He missed MVS on a couple of deep throws and maybe held onto the ball a little bit too long on one or two of those sacks. But he was also pretty dynamite at times in tonight's game. Well, you're talking about one of the greatest of all time. So I think that says everything. You know, he, he comes to work every day. He is the ultimate competitor, and he wants everything to be perfect. And he puts a lot of pressure on himself to, to for him to make it perfect, even when it's not. The defensive adjustments, I talked about this a little bit earlier. It's a, a shaky start for the Packers offense. It was a shaky first half for the Packers offense. There was no pressure on Jared Goff, and Larry McCarron used a, a very interesting term. We, we've always heard about the uh, the coverage sack. How about a protection completion? We saw that tonight for Jared Goff, who seemed to have more time than you'd like to give him. Uh, if he can operate out of the pocket, he will pick you apart. If he's got to be mobile and move off his spot, that's when he can get to Jared Goff. He did have two second-half turnovers in tonight's game, including a back-breaking fumble uh, that stopped a drive before it really even started. 
after a Packers touchdown. So the defensive adjustments, it's uh, interesting what Matt LaFleur had to say to defensive coordinator Joe Barry. You know, I think we did make some necessary adjustments at halftime. One of the things that certainly I talked to Joe about was, hey, either play coverage or we have to pressure because when we were running, when we were doing our four-man rushes um, and playing man coverage behind it, we weren't hit, you know, we weren't getting to the quarterback. So... If you don't get him off off the spot, my, I mean, Jared, I've been around Jared, and he is he will be efficient and he will make the throws. So we just we needed to affect the quarterback much more. Interesting comments from Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Now it's off to San Francisco for a Sunday night matchup against Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. 49ers uh, currently led by Jimmy Garoppolo. They did draft a quarterback out of North Dakota, Trey Lance, a very high draft pick. He did not see the field uh, during the Week 2 matchup. We saw Trey Lance uh, a little bit in Week 1, but a lot of running the football. They love to do that in San Francisco, a stern test for Matt LaFleur. It's going to be a great challenge for us. Certainly going out there on a short week and a primetime game is is uh, we're going to we're going to need everybody to come back in focused uh, doing everything they can to get their bodies right to get their minds right because um you know it, it is a tough place to play let's grab another call here before we wrap up it's scott who was uh, at the game tonight scott you're on packers ot hey thanks so much for taking my call you bet um my question is my question is this and I'm on my way back from the game, so I don't know the the numbers on this. But uh, besides Devontae, our receivers, you know, be it Lazard, be it Cobb, be it MVS, how many how many catches do they have in eight quarters? And then I know Tomlin had a, a nice game, and he had a Rogers threw a BB to him for a touchdown. I mean, that was awesome, um, great play. But we're not spreading the ball around, and you know, you had mentioned on defense, Zarius, he's not there. We need some help. When's the last time we brought a safety down? When's the last time we brought a middle linebacker in? Something to create some extra pressure, which we're not getting because Zarius is not there. Um, I'm, we're not playing against, you know, Tom Brady in the last two games. And I'm just really curious on how we can't get pressure on these guys, and I'd like to know your opinion on it. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Scott. Hope you had fun at the game tonight. I, you know, it seemed like in week one, and, and that was such a – that is going to be an outlier game. I, it, it certainly better be. My goodness, 38-3. to I, It felt like the pocket was collapsing around Jameis Winston. I don't know if the Packers expected him to run as often as he did. And uh, he was able to get some chunk plays – for the New Orleans Saints. Jared Goff is not terribly mobile. Uh, I was shocked to see him run like a, a read option sort of play. <laughs> it didn't work uh, just because you don't expect Jared Goff to run that play. Uh, but you're right. There was there was not there was not even adequate pressure on Jared Goff in the first half. And that's the cut I played from Matt LaFleur. He recognized it as well. Like, hey, we come on now. we we got to do something a little different here. we got to move Jared Goff around. And when he was forced to act and do a little more, he had two turnovers, uh, including an interception and a fumble. So I, whatever pressure was dialed up in the second half seemed to affect golf a little bit more. There was no pressure in the first half, and I think his numbers reflected that. Uh, but I, there were not many times, I, I could probably count two, where I saw a corner or a safety coming off the edge. I have to go back and watch because it it tends to jump out 
because we've seen it so infrequently. Uh, so I did make note of it a couple of times. I'll go back and watch. But, it, no, there's there's been nothing overly creative uh, in terms of a blitz package on display yet through two weeks of the Joe Barry defense. They get creative. You bring a safety into the box. Then it sort of, you know, lightens the back end. So you got to make sure you're covered. And it is year one of a defense. So there's going to be some growing pains. We saw miscommunication tonight. Hope we can get Zadarius Smith back before too long. He'll miss at least the next two weeks against San Francisco and Pittsburgh. We are out of time on tonight's program. I want to thank you for being a part of our program each and every week here on the Packers Radio Network. Thank you to our executive producer, Ashton Rotman, coordinating producer, Greg Hill, for being on the controls tonight and keeping us on the air. We will join you again following next Sunday night's matchup between the Packers and 49ers from Santa Clara. Once again, the final 35-17, the Packers improved a one-on-one of the victory over the Detroit Lions. This has been a presentation of the Packers Radio Network.